sure you're ready for this? I'll do my best. Your best? Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and f*** the prom queen. Welcome to the best soccer show. The best soccer show in the whole world. Here we go, best soccer show, backheel.com, Jason Davis, Jared Dubois, Deja Vu, happening all over again. Sunday like night. Easter came two weeks late. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> uh, we are here, we are live, it is Sunday night, so we've got a lot of soccer to talk about. Jared's over there uh, with pins on his mind, it's a different story for a different day. Uh, Jerry, this was uh, this was a little of sports this weekend. We had a lot of soccer. We're going to cover don't, that. Let's, let's not, don't sugarcoat it. Let's not, let's give the, the people what they what they were. for the ten people out there who are listening <laughs> to the live show. This is attempt number two. We had a uh, connection issue, and Jason had a setup issue. So we're going for a second time around. Here. I actually thought it would be funnier not to reference it whatsoever. We just was power through and act like it never happened because it was no. Because I need some kind of reference that I nailed a pin from across the country. Yeah, right. So. I'm holding a pen, and in the uh, in the take, the first take, we've never done that. By the way, we've never had multiple takes of the show. In the first take, Jared saw me holding a pen. I wasn't even holding it up; it was just below the. the it was like right here, and I was like doing this, and he said, "That's a Pilot G two O five, whatever the hell this is. This is yeah." So the man knows nailed it. The, na- the man knows it. his pen. I uh, I went to a party this weekend. I went to a Manny Pacquiao Floyd Mayweather Floyd Mayweather watch party. Hundred dollars down the drain for that. By the way, yeah, did they make you pay at all to go in? I heard a lot of people no. make people pay. No, but I did bring a, I did bring a, a party warming. It wasn't a housewarming party, but I did bring a, like a, a I could contribute to the party. I brought a bottle of whiskey. So, okay. uh, so no, but nobody, there was no paying. So and that's good because that was such a, just a disasterly, disastrously boring fight that we saw. But hmm. I, 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 before the fight, after the Kentucky Derby was run. And by the way, the Kentucky Derby has got to be the most broadcast time for the littlest action in sports yeah, television. It, 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 it's pretty rough. And I, I didn't even know it was going on. I, I had no idea the Kentucky Derby was even going on yesterday until I saw someone talking about mint juleps. And I knew that, that only happens once right. a year. Absolutely. It's big hats and mint juleps. So after the Derby was over, I flipped over to DC United Columbus crew happening at RFK. There wasn't anybody watching the TV. Everybody was outside. There was a band. There was uh, people were, uh, you know, 35. Wait, so there's a band. There's people outside. And you're like, I'm going to plot myself down and watch I, the MLS. Hey, I wa- it's my job. I wanted to check in and see what was, what was going on in DC United. I was checking. Your my job family. is to be the best single man you can. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm failing at that right now, but we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll move along. So I flip on the game and this guy comes up behind me. And I swear the guy's a dead ringer. For Jimmy Conrad, and you have a connection to Jimmy Conrad because mm-hmm. you guys are both uh, Inland Empire guys born on the same day. No, he's not going to claim Inland Empire. No? He's somewhere up in the Pasadena. I think ah, he was born okay. up at like oh, the that's right. That's range right. Okay. or something like that. I'm getting my, so that's, trust me, that's an insult for him. I'm getting Jimmy Conrad confused with uh, Carlos Bocanegra, obviously Landon Donovan, yeah, and those guys. Yeah. They're, they're from out my neck. They are from out where you are. Um, yeah, but uh, and I think, um, I think um, what's her name? Oh my God, why am I blanking on... Alex Morgan is from basically your home, yeah, right? Yeah, she's like Laverne. She's right on the borderline. She's from the same city as like Ben Hooper from Bumpy Pitches. Is from. it Diamond Bar, California? Diamond Bar, Laverne. Yeah, sorry, not Laverne. Diamond Bar. I'm sorry. Diamond yeah, Bar. So um, you have a connection with Jimmy Conrad. I did not get a picture. It is an ultimate failing. I should have gotten a picture. And, and I, I was talking to this guy. And I, first of all, how awkward would that, would that be? Like, hey, you look like this soccer guy. 
you should take a picture with me so I can prove that you look exactly like this soccer guy. But we started talking about soccer. It would be that it's not back as Jimmy's good looking guy. If you told him he looked like some like tore up dude, I mean, then they're like, hey, take a look. Do you look like this guy? You look like the most handsome man in the world, Jimmy Conrad. You look like Joe Latruglio. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I bet he does pretty well. Um, he does. So we, he, it, it turns out he's a soccer fan because he saw the game on. He said, oh, this is a win. It was like an 86 minute, and United was, was up 2 nothing. Big win for DC United, by the way. And he said that stadium is going to change everything for DC United. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be great. And I, said, I think oh. it's amazing that you found another person just randomly that knew where the stadium was going on existed. Well, I, mean, look, and- I think you know. I think this is again. We kind of we're we're kind of in this. At least maybe it's because maybe it's because of our age. Or maybe, I don't know if this happens to you. I mean, soccer is a big thing in L.A., but there's there's all mm-hmm. those various layers of it. There's you know obviously there's the Me- Mexican American. Uh, community that that maybe doesn't care about MLS, but it's certainly huge into soccer. There's the national team fans. There's the MLS fans. So there's, there's the Premier League fans. I mean, uh, people in LA are committed when they get up at four o'clock in the morning to watch. Oh, you could throw a rock and find an America or a Chivas fan, but to find someone that may know that LAFC is going to be a thing would be rough. Yes, right, exactly. But so this guy, you know, mentions the stadium. I'm like, oh, cool, he's a soccer fan. We have this conversation and. Tell me if I'm wrong. This is what happens, I think, too often, and this is the frustrating thing. And I'm not. I, I told this guy, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna preach to you. I'm not gonna try to conv- convince you otherwise. But what do you think he said when he's watching? Oh, the oh, 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 oh! I, I know this one. I yes. know this you, one. You know exactly. In fact, you have to ask the question. I, I'm watch EPL every weekend. I just can't get into MLS because it's not good enough. No, he didn't quite say it that way, but he, that is essentially the message he sent me. He said. Yeah, you know, I'm not really into MLS, but I watched the Premier League. And then it but became, what was it? Did you ask him last time he watched MLS? No, I did not watch. I did not go into you that. You should have turned this into a debate. I That's sh- great I, for any party atmosphere. Is that really? about soccer. Is it really? Like, the, the first time I ever meet the oh, guy. It's like, it's like, it's like brass. It's like, it's like brass monkey to chicks, man. It's. <laughs> what does that? I don't even know what that means. Jay Rodius. But but the first time I ever talked to the guy, I should get into a debate with him and start preaching to him about MLS. I I didn't feel that that was my place. That's a brass monkey. I meant Spanish fly. Yeah. What is that? What the <laughs> hell is a brass monkey? I got a Beastie Boys reference messed up for a second. <laughs> so he ends up like, oh, yeah, I don't know. This was funny, too, because he sort of apologized for being a Liverpool fan, which I found very odd. Like, he goes, yeah, I don't know why. Like, I think this is that shame that comes from not having an actual connection to the club. Mm-hmm. Like, no, like your grandpa isn't from Liverpool, and you've never actually been, and there's no reason for you to root for them, but you saw them on television once. And he goes, yeah, I don't really know why, but I decided to be a Liverpool fan. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's fine, whatever, man. That's I think it's like, I think I equated to all the people last night on Twitter that were like, I scored the fight, blah, 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 to blah, blah, blah. Like, Come on, guy. Really? <laughs> really? You're really a boxing fan or were you a boxing fan tonight? Exactly right. <laughs> I, 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 think, uh, I think Floyd won that, that round. He's a little bit more active than Manny. Did you see uh, how many shots he landed with that right hook? Yeah, it's not about how many shots you, how many shots you take. It's about how many you land, you know, and something, it's about the movement, you know. Like and how, did you, how did he have ring control? Did he have ring control? Yeah, right. Ring control. That's, hey, that'd be a good name for a band. So, hmm. I, you know, I don't know. It was just one of those party conversations, small talk conversations. There was some soccer involved. I'm glad that there was soccer. I just by, by the way, I had this revelation last night. I did not watch the fight. I chose to actually go participate in soccer and went to the Galaxy game instead. I took the wife and the kids out. And I, as I'm driving back, though, I'm, I'm thinking about this. And bo- boxing is absolutely boring to me. Like I just can't remember the last time I enjoyed watching boxing. And I started to think to myself, is this soccer in a different context for other people feel about it, where? 
do I just not understand boxing? Do I not appreciate the subtlety, the subtle artistry that's going on? Mm -hmm. And so I, therefore I consider it boring. Like I feel that's the way this always soccer is reflected onto me. Whereas I, they just don't get it. And I, they can't understand the subtlety of, of controlling the passes. Like we talk about ring control. I don't even know that's a real thing. I just said it, but is that the same thing as talking about possession? There's nothing really, really exciting about possession, but if you understand how hard it is to maintain, right then you start to appreciate it. I think so. I think so. And and there's even some more parallels because obviously anybody can appreciate a knockout. Anybody can appreciate that big punch that comes out of nowhere, stuns a guy, puts him on the mat, whatever. But but that rationale is a decision, a 0-0 tie or a tie. And people feel like they've totally wasted their time after having a tie. If there's a a bout that goes to the cards and there's been no knockdowns like in that Manny Floyd fight, then yeah, I think it's a Mm -hmm. little bit like that. And like I said, the the knockout is the thing everybody can get get on board with. If you showed a non-soccer fan what Clint Dempsey did tonight... I think they're going to be like, "Wow, that's really great!" I'm that's I, yeah. I love that. But there's still they, there's 85 minutes of of passing the ball around or looking for space, and and I and I and I do I think you know people have to come to an understanding about a particular sport on in their own time on their own time. They have to find a reason to do that. Remember how big golf was when Tiger Woods was winning everything? Yeah. Is golf exciting in any sense of like is it exciting i mean i played golf it was I exciting because something different was happening like there was a guy out there that was like bigger than the sport and took it mainstream and had a lot of stuff going around and it was just it's always interesting to watch someone that is at the absolute height of their game you know i think anyone in the world that's not a soccer fan can watch Messi and appreciate what he does i think what i think part of it too is that the easier it is to appreciate how hard the sport is the the easier it is for a for a new con- convert or somebody who doesn't like the sport to appreciate it or to come to it. Uh, soccer, I think, makes it more difficult. I mean, the guys aren't out there doing heel flicks and sombreros every time they have the ball, but the difficulty is, and as you said, passing the ball, possessing the ball, finding those that space, reading the game. Like reading the game is the key to soccer. If you have a guy in the yeah. midfield who can read the game, see four steps ahead and put the ball, Sergio Aguero's goal today, perfect pass on a diagonal run. You and I appreciate that. And people who watch highlights go, that's really good, but they don't appreciate the, th- the, the 30 times they tried it and it didn't come off. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a, it's a tough thing to. Uh, yeah, I, I can appreciate the thought behind it, you know. And for example, there's another time I was telling my wife just that when we were watching the 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 Clint, the, the Clint Dempsey like heel pass to um to Open Femi Martins for the second goal in the Seattle's game. That was fantastic, and I could tell her I was telling her you can't you don't know. What we what you may not understand is it's easy to understand the heel part of that pass and why that's impressive. Yeah. The other part that's really hard to understand is the trust factor and knowing that the other guy you're not even looking at is making that run. Because like, well, like I'll play indoor, and I can tell you I've tried that pass a million times. It's not that my pass didn't come off. I didn't have a guy committed to making the run into that space and that timing. You didn't. You did. You. Exactly. It's the understanding. It's the knowledge. It's that Dempsey, when that ball is coming to him, has already thought through, or in that split second, he's making that decision. I'm going to play this ball because know, there should be someone because, there. Well, and but he knows, like you said, he knows Martins is going to make that run. Now, yeah. Clint Dempsey's tried a lot of, of of heel passes that haven't come off, and you know that that doesn't mean that he's that he shouldn't be trying them. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's obviously it's a matter of that understanding in that moment. That's what's great about soccer. The other thing I, I always tell people about soccer who don't get it 
is that I don't think there's anything else in sports. And this I'm biased, obviously, but I don't think there's anything else in sports like a goal in soccer because so it's it's so out of the blue. Typically, it's not. It's not. You know, I, I don't know. I, I like, obviously a player can hit a home run. That's exciting. A guy can score a yeah. touchdown. But there's not. You don't get the sort of same anticipation, which I think makes it even better. Like, um, you know, all of a sudden you're saying the anticipation makes it better. No, no, I'm saying that I'm saying that soccer has this completely visceral boom reaction. Like in that moment, goal. All of a sudden, you didn't even see it coming. Next, oh yeah, there's no worse feeling in the world than you're going to get a beer and hear the crowd erupt behind you. Yeah, exactly. Because you can't. I mean, you know, again, a, a long touchdown pass. The ball's in the air for three seconds. You know. That the guy's probably, if yeah. he catches it, touchdown. Or if he, if a guy yeah. catches the ball and starts running, you have those six seconds he's got to run to the end zone. That's going to be a touchdown. Hooray. The, it, it, baseball's a little, a little bit like this with home runs, but then, you know, you still, you still know, okay, there's a guy on base and here's a pitch. And it's no, still- I think the only thing that comes close to it, I mean, there's other, I, I think hockey and basketball have a similar thing in soccer in, in terms of what we were talking about that, that hockey, timing, definitely. the trust that your play, other players there, that the movement has to be there. And I think there's something really pretty, like, I, 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 in watching the Seattle build up to that goal when, where Dempsey has the, the, the heel flick, I don't know how many passes it was. It's probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 15. But when it's done right, yeah. that passing mixture, and I said this one on Twitter a few weeks ago, and I think you retweeted it, but yeah, you, so you know what I'm talking about when I say this. When that little three, four man triangle system is done right, it's like a Harlem Grotrotter weave. That yeah. move they do when yeah. they play, when the Harlem Go Trotters do it. And I know that's calculated and it's fake and everything like that, but that same type of movement where it's just, it's routine and it's just almost hypnotic. You start lulling yourself. And that's what happens coming out of that. You're lulled, 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 lulled. You don't see Femi Martin's doing the thing that hasn't been happening those last 10 movements. He right. makes his run to, to, into the box. Dempsey reads it and there's your goal. It's something really pretty about that. I think basketball. Baseball and hockey are maybe the only other things that really kind of have. I that. think hockey can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Did you see Till Bunbury's goal? Uh, great, another interplay. great team goal. Yeah, absolutely great. The team goal from the Revolution. We're going to get into all of that. The phone lines are open three four seven seven five six six two seven six. Sorry for the aborted start. Sorry for uh, what being running late. I guess I don't know for talking yeah, too much. I, I mean, for the people that are live, they got to hear the other part. Uh, what so do you What do you think? That. What do you think? I love doing this. What do you think is on the mind? Of the American soccer fan on a Sunday night, we've gotten through two games today. We had a bunch of MLS matches. We got a we had a rules dump. The 2015 roster rules finally came I'll, out. I'll tell you right now, I I did not read that. I should have. I saw it out there. I was like, oh, I just don't have time for this. I, I, it's gotten to the point where like I know if I open up that that message, if I open if I click on that link, I'm gonna be angry in ten minutes. Well, okay. Here here's the here's the the biggest takeaway I think for a lot of people is that. They've uh, they've created a process where the Jermaine Jones blind draw thing can't happen anymore, which oh, is convenient now that it's already happened. They got what they wanted. <laughs> See, angry. Really? I'm already angry. Okay, well, so they they've, t- they've taken the that blind draw pro- process, which again only happened one time. They've taken uh, the allocation process and something else. And they've like jammed all this stuff together, and uh, discovery lists lists have changed. I mean, I I I'm sort of with you. Like my eyes start to glaze over. And this is the bad thing about MLS. And this is the part that's sometimes it's hard to sell MLS because even if the play is pretty good sometimes, even if you can point to it and say, hey, look how great these atmospheres are and the league is growing and we've got players like Kaká and David Villa never plays anymore. But I'll, I'll give you a perfect example of that, Jason. I'm watching the game with my wife just now. And so for, for 30 seconds, I don't know why, but for some reason she was interested in asking a question about soccer and the game going on. This never happens, right? It's like seeing a unicorn. So... 
I, she goes, okay, so New York's got a new team. Yeah, baby's got a new team. This is they're, they're brand new. And she's like, so they must have a lot of money then. So they did they buy a bunch of big name players? Okay, so now this isn't just a simple answer, right? <laughs> no, now okay. this goes into a, a, a like, and I saw her glaze. I ha- saw her glaze the way you and I are talking about glazing. Right. It's just I the simple answer was yes, but the, it's not the complete answer. I had no. to tell her about. Oh, we brought they brought this one guy in, um, and he was well, okay. Well, let me back up. New York's owned by this other team, <laughs> and then like he was playing pretty good. And they decided not to bring him, and all this other stuff. And so they had to get this other guy, this American, to kind of fill the same shoes for a while. Just to cut. it was a terrible conversation. Terrible, terrible. If I could have just said, "Yeah, these two guys on the field right here, these are the big name guys you should watch." Yeah. I may have actually been able to keep her interested in something I'm interested in. Well, I mean, okay, your wife's coming from a place of. Like, you have to explain the context because she doesn't have a grasp on the context. But even for people who are soccer fans and know who Manchester City is and, uh, you know, and have an understanding of what they can do and then certainly the MLS factor, at least the, the structure of the league, a basic idea, even for them, it's like, yeah, okay. So you they. See, for, for your guy that was at the party, I would love to ask him the question of, hey, what do you think about the Lampard stuff? What's his context for that? Is MLS getting done dirty? Right. But I, or I, what I believe he'd probably say is, well, why wouldn't he stay in England? That's where it's playing. That's where the better right. play is. Right. Yeah. I, I, and I, I think that's the two differences in the. And it's maybe not even fair at this point to call Euro snob. Listen, that's just what he likes. That's just what he likes. I'm an Ameris snob. I can't stand watching EPL every morning. Like I am literally up at six in the morning, and I choose not to put it on because it just doesn't interest me. Okay. That's I I I. I yeah, and I guess that the the question then is, and the thing that people have been looking for is how to bridge that gap. But I don't even know that it's necessarily something we should be doing actively. Get me Americans in the EPL, then I'll watch it. Well, I mean, Honestly, for, for you, I used to watch plenty of right. games when there were Americans playing in it. For you, that, but I mean, that's for, that's for you to watch EPL. But what about the guy that I met, who's a Liverpool fan, doesn't pay much attention to? Now, I think I this, would, you should ask him if he would watch the LA Galaxy game. Well, I, I think that I think that the stadium thing will get him interested. Because I think that, like, again, these are situation-dependent things. Like, you know, for DC United, one of the the biggest problems is the fact they play in that dump of a stadium. They play good soccer. They're playing good soccer right now. But this is the exact, this guy is the exact reason why the people that have been targeted to come to MLS are David Beckham, Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard, Thierry Henry. In that, you have... Robbie Keane even, you have the top five English Premier League clubs and the iconic people the last 20 years that have played for those now in MLS. It's completely calculated. This is, I mean, and good on MLS for doing it, but are they actually converting this guy? It sounds like it's not. Well, I I got the sense that he does know, you know, he knows some things, and I don't know that he watches games or makes it a point to watch games, but then we get into a discussion of what the league needs, whether it needs the diehard fans, which there's a good base of those already, or if they just need to add casual fans who might catch a game every now and then. I don't know. Well, yeah, there's the flip side of that. Like my partner on our, the corner of the galaxy is here on Back Hill, Josh Guessman. I mean, he wasn't a galaxy who? season ticket wasn't going until, until two, the 2007 when Beckham came. But so Beckham comes in, all of a sudden his awareness is up. He goes to games, and what, seven years later now, eight years later, he has a, right. a podcast and web website, all right. this stuff where he's generating content now, and he's like a diehard. He's, he's bought in. Yeah, well, but, yeah, I mean, yeah. those of us on the, that were already here, though, look at that like, oh, that's what it took? Well, but see, that's the thing. We can't that's judge. That's not fair. We're not in a play. We can't judge. 
We can't. American soccer fans have got to stop judging. I'm still the anybody. guy at the at, at the U2 show that's like, oh, but you didn't know we weren't listening to him when they put out Joshua Tree, even though I don't like U2 or anything like that. But you know, <laughs> I'm still like, there's something inside me that's like, no, this is my band. I'm the one that was here when they were playing small club shows. You're the guy that's here at the stadium show now. You don't really know. Damn, dog, that's an approach. That's so Jared that you used a band that you I'm don't not, even like. Listen, at least I'm honest. <laughs> at least I'm honest about it. All right, coming back to these to these rules in this roster uh, rule situation, it says uh, the allocation process is being consolidated into one system, combining the designated player allocation rankings, the weighted lottery, and the blind draw acquisition mechanism. So this is all from uh, soccer. Those vibe, are words that I, I'm already glazing. The I, words I alone okay, here's, are like really. He, it's like it's fake speak. Here's something interesting. Maybe teams can offer fifty thousand dollars of allocation money to acquire a player that another team has already claimed. Because there's okay. That- now here's what I like about that. For the first time, and uh, I can remember, there's actually a dollar figure associated with allocation money. The term allocation money never has any value attached to it you hear allocation money going back and forth between teams all this you never know what it actually means in terms of what it's costing the team or another team it gets so i kind of dig it then but it's still kind of the whole discovery thing is dumb because people aren't using this to discover talent in their own country or a small unnamed guy down in colombia teams are throwing t- discovery claims on cristiano ronaldo yeah it's ridiculous yeah I, I i understand what you're saying uh, the discovery list will remain private. Uh, let's see. The uh, see, la, 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 la. Uh, new system includes a public allocation player ranking list pick, picked by MLS club technical staffs. I mean, th- again, we're just adding layer upon layer of just like I don't. I, every, every time this happens, I it's harder and harder for me to explain the sport in the league to people I meet that might be interested. You know, our boy Dan Wurzmud has great thing with your free beer, free beer movement. Bring a guy to a game and give him a beer. Yeah, but now give, bring a guy to a game, give him a beer, and then let's go through the rule book for a while so you can understand what's actually happening in this Gio <laughs> from San Antonio, what's up? Hey, guys. Uh, I was calling because I wanted to uh, expand on something that uh, Jared said a, a second ago. Uh, he was saying, the, you know, that analogy about YouTube. uh you know, uh, how he felt like, you know, well, I listened to them before, whatever. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's how I'm going to feel if and when San Antonio joins MLS. Like, yeah. I- I'm kind of, I'm kind of dreading the idea of suddenly 12,000 more people in the stadium and then me standing there who's been a supporter uh, almost from the very beginning. I, I didn't move yeah, to dude, some new guy's going to roll in later. with a personalized license plate that says S.A. till I die, and you're going to be like, what the hell, dude? Uh, yeah. Exactly. Where, where where were you when we needed you guys to uh, to help push look, us into look, MLS in the it, first place? It's thing? the whole be careful what you ask for thing, yes, Gio. Okay. It's like you want it, but do you really want it? <laughs> right. Well, okay, I, a couple of thoughts on this. One, it's completely valid to question that guy or girl who shows up late after you've already been the party's already been started it just wasn't very popular yet that that's completely fair but you know again i think jared's got a point you either have to decide that you're just going to be okay with this the new fans on the block the, the new people who join in the glam on the, the glam on to new the, kids on the block to, to, to glam on to this thing 
or you're just going to have to, like, or, or I guess you could rail against growth. I mean, you could be one of those people like, I don't want my team to grow. I want us to always be little. I want this sport to always be niche and uh, an underground, which I, I don't get that argument because, I don't know, I just think it's more fun to watch things blow up and see more people care and have more conversations at parties and stuff like that. But I, I can kind of understand. It's just that, you know, I don't, I don't, I hope that we don't have a generation of soccer fans who wake up in 20 years and go, Man, those that, that league totally sold out, dude. Like they were they were so good back in the day and now look at them. They're like doing all this corporate stuff. Like why we don't we don't need that. Well, I, I wouldn't go I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I'll I'll get over it. I know I will. I just I I don't like the, I don't like the idea that I will eventually feel that way. It makes me wonder if uh if there are many Orlando fans who are feeling that way right now now that they're now that they're yeah. in the big time. Well, uh, yeah. I Back think, in USL, there were three, 4,000 people every week. I think it's a little different in Orlando only because that team was new to Orlando only a couple of years before. Yeah. And they basically, and I'm sorry, this is not, I'm not putting on, putting this on Orlando soccer fans. It's not their fault, but they essentially stole that team from Austin. So, I mean, it's kind of a thing. <laughs> ah, you said it. I, I did because I think, I think it sucks. I do think it sucks. I mean, I'm happy to see Orlando excited and everything, but come on. It's, it's not the way it should be. I mean, I think even Orlando soccer fans would say, I'm glad we have our team. I wish it hadn't happened with Phil Rollins deciding that Austin's not good enough for us. We got to go to Orlando. Like that's just not cool. Yeah. yeah anything else, uh, Gio? Uh, no, no, I'm good. Thanks. All right, Thanks man. for taking my call. You know, he said, uh, "I'll get." I, I love that call though. He said, "I'll get over it. I know I will." And my head went back to this bad '90s song. You remember uh, "King of Wishful Thinking"? Do you remember that song? No. What oh my is god! That? I have to pull that up some point. I'll tweet it out. It's it's just this bad like. Yeah, but you know what? Your '90s like hip hop knowledge is way no no better no. Than this mine. no no this is completely adult contemporary type stuff. Like this. Oh is, really? This is like mom rock. We're talking like Bolton. Yeah, it's in that vein. It's very much in that vein. It's it, oh, it, like Richard Marks. See, I'm surprised because I grew up. My parents listened to that stuff all the time. It's, it's got a it's got a Wilson Phillips vibe to it, but it's a it's a guy. Oh, band. hold on for one more day, why don't you? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, all right, three four seven seven five six six two seven six. We don't have to do philosophy. Maybe I would know it if I heard it like in you would lyrical know it. context. 100%. Why don't you sing it for me? No, I'm not singing it for you. Why don't you think Come I'm on, crazy? if you're serious about the show, you do it. No, I'm not going to sing it for you. Maybe I can pull it up here while we while we move along. Should we? We got to hit MLS. I mean, my clock's all off because of our abortion. Yeah, we got to hit MLS because I mean, a dude's got a Z in his fro for God's sakes. Yeah. Well, okay. So you want to do some? I got you're going to have on the on XM Sirius tomorrow morning. By the way, Benny Failhaber. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna talk hair, right? I'm gonna have to ask him about the hair. And and Benny's got Benny has had uh, uh, this is one of the reasons I love soccer. I mean, it's a very small reason, but it's uh, you know throw it on the pile. Soccer players are the most expressive athletes out there, don't you think? Like maybe X Games guys, but beyond that, it's got to be soccer players, baseball players. They're wearing helmets and hats. You can't really do a whole lot. Know, football there was the players. Boz have, back in the day. No, the Boz had one, some stuff going one on. One guy is a weird dude Rodman, in football. You're right. And Robbins was the one guy that was kind of doing that stuff. There's, in, look, uh, there's like Birdman and uh, the, the guy, the, the I'm going to give you a movie quote. And you Let's see how good you are. Okay. I'm going to give you an apropos movie quote regarding Benny Failhaber. Let's see if you can nail it. All right. You're too, you're too pretty to play basketball. You know that? You got a Z in your fro. Hey, man, what are you? The Black Zorro? Uh, that would be uh, White Man Can't Jump. 
That is correct, there sir. There we go. Here, do you want to do you want to just a, a smidgen of this song just so you can know what I'm referencing? Yes, so bad. Last year, all right, hold on. I got to get through the ad. Let's uh, let me mute that. They're getting free advertising on our show, guys. All right, here we go. Free advertising on our show. Just send us a shirt. We'll wear it. Jeez. All right, hold on. This is the. By the way, your 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 office looks like an episode of Hoarders. My office does. Is that is it that bad? Because of the, no. the scars? No, I mean, I think it looks good. I'm just good. jealous that you get all sorts of free stuff. People are sending like, me stuff, You see anything man, behind so. me? See, listen to this. Listen to this, this right here. Like, the intro is already... Oh, it's like Tiffany. <laughs> where's, the, where's the lyrics? You don't remember this? I don't think I know this, dude. No? <laughs> Why don't they... They don't make anything like this anymore. You know what? And here's the thing. Maybe it's because I'm old. Maybe it's because I'm a dad. Maybe because I'm white. I dig it. I'm sorry. I do. I don't know why. Like, I just, I dig it. <laughs> I, I think it was the last one, maybe because I'm white. It's happy. I mean, it's... <laughs> I do not know this song, Jason Davis. It's amazing. Like, just from the sound of it, I feel like it, it speaks to something so white inside oh, me. It makes sad. me want to just kind of go sway back and forth slowly. No, it's got a little, I mean, it's it's a little peppier. It's a little more pop, but it's got some Michael no, McDonald it's totally thing. got montage flavor. Oh, yeah. That's like a oh. 90s rom-com, like, montage 100%. kind of flavor to it right that's there. That's 100% like, rom-com. That's, that's a guy and a girl drinking from a milkshake with, like, two straws kind of stuff. <laughs> And I think Go West is one of the big one-hit wonders of the 90s with this song. I bet you this song was in the top 10 when it came out. I bet you it was up there. I Okay, Trevor, go do some research. This has to have been in a soundtrack to a movie. It is too oh, yeah. spot on not it, to be absolutely, in a movie. It, it's absolutely a, in a soundtrack to, the, to a movie. I just can't remember what movie it is. But wait, we'll find that out. All right, I bet you I've seen the movie, and that's what's going to connect it. You know, me. I think this might be, you know... This might apply to some soccer fans in this country with their teams and the way that they're playing right now. I can see this song being like from the movie One Crazy Summer. Okay, I don't know that movie. What, what movie is oh, that? Oh, you know that movie. That's the one where um, John Cusack has to shoot the, the ball through the top of the sailboat. Uh-huh. Bobcat Goldthwait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Demi Moore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but that, was that an 80s movie or was that like early, early 90s? It might have been 80s, yeah, but it's okay. still right, the right feel for yeah, that Yeah, yeah. No, it definitely, it definitely has the vibe. Pretty Woman. It was in Pretty Woman, apparently. Okay, so there you oh, go. Was it? Yeah, uh, yeah. The, it was a British band in the song, 1992. So there you go. Okay, right. I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a whore for pretty, pretty woman, and no, no pun intended. Watch but. this amazing segue. Who right now in MLS? Which fan base has to be the kings of wishful thinking when it comes to their teams and their prospects right now? Uh, Portland. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta hope. You gotta hold on well, to it's hope. It's just because it's so, it's so separate from each other in terms of what they're giving. To the team and what they're getting paid back. I know. In return. I know. And 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 again, I, like every time I bring up the possibility that Caleb Porter, not that he should be fired, but that there should be pressure on him, or that there should be real concern about whether or not his direction is the right direction. People laugh at me. People scoff. And I'm thinking, with that fan base and those expectations, how could you not think maybe Caleb Porter's not our guy? Like you don't want to become a turnstile, but maybe Caleb Porter's not our guy. That's rough for me to think, man. Because I mean, I was a I'm I was a Caleb Porter fan. I've even back from the under twenty threes. I'm an apologist for that. I thought he had. A, I, I thought he was a good coach even at the under twenty three level. And and Trevor is saying that if Nagby doesn't shake the penalty, that that Portland wins that game. Okay, but does that reflect well on where Portland sits right now? And Vancouver's a pretty good team. That's like, like no no slide against the Whitecaps. Yeah. I mean that. And that how w- much how much how much slack. How much length of rope does Porter get for Larry not being in this team to start the season? Uh, that's a good question. 407, you're on the air. Who's this? 
Hey, this is Ahmed from Orlando. How's it going? What's guys? going on, Ahmed? Were you uh, were you an original adopter when a team came to town? Uh, see, yes, look, sir. you talk about Orlando; they're already calling you. I know. Take a holder ever since. Okay, so you 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 showed up with the the first day of USL play. Yeah, I actually remember going to yeah Philadelphia Union. It was February eighteenth, the ninth November uh, February ninth. Let him have it, Ahmed. Let him have it. No, what? I, what? No, but I agree. No, no, I agree with Jason's statement. Though I mean, Damn. the way the Aztecs came over, I mean, but I, we were glad that Phil chose a new market because I mean, originally we weren't watching USL Pro in Orlando. We were like, you know just casual, you know, uh, MLS fans and USA soccer fans. So when the club came and then we all just pretty much just adopted the club, I mean, changed the colors, everything. I mean, we had a few players that were from Austin and at the time we had like Jamie Watson, a few other, you know, like now they're club legends now. So, so it was, it was good days though. Well, how are you feeling right now? Considering Kevin Molino is out for the year with an ACL injury suffered in a friendly. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to call about originally. I mean, uh, it's, it's tough, man, because he's really he, in the beginning of the season. Him and uh, Kakai were really starting to get that that nice uh, chemistry going in the club. So and we're gonna miss him. I mean, it looks like Breck Shea might be now in that left in that uh, left wing, moving up. And then we have Bowden, who came up with us from USL, is probably gonna go into the left back role. And they're thinking about probably uh, like Avila or someone like that going into the right. I like me some Avila. So I'm not gonna lie. I I, well, I I'm a believer in Eric Avila. Okay, I, I don't want to go on this. I don't want to go on the midseason friendly rant, especially when you're playing guys like Kevin Molino, who's obviously started every game for Orlando this year and has become an important part of that team. I don't think he's the first signing as an MLS team too. He was he was a carryover. He played in the U, he played on the USL team. I mean, this is a guy. Yeah, who, yeah, he was one of our first uh, signings. Yeah, this is a guy whose story is great for that very reason, and you want to root for him to do well, and then boom, like this, and again. Not in a competitive MLS match, in a stupid friendly, and I don't know what the team's getting mm-hmm. out of it, and maybe there's some benefit I'm missing mm-hmm. here. But but you know, obviously, no, the friendly, the, yeah, the friendly was announced like two weeks ago too. So even season ticket holders did weren't having enough time to to call out of work and all of that. So last night there was probably like around ten thousand, ten to twelve thousand supporters instead of being you know like the normal like tw- you know thirty right. plus. <laughs> hey, this is this is the nature of MLS. You want to if you want your team to have money and buy players, you're gonna have to play in friendlies. I'm just kind of the way it is. It's how it's it's how the team makes money. And listen, it could have happened anywhere, anytime against any team. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it, it sucks against a friendly, and then it becomes a talking point. Yeah, but is it any different than than Caleb? I mean, I um, not K- Caleb Porter, the um, Porter up in Montreal. Why am I blanking on his uh, oh, first name? Oh, Cameron Porter. Cameron Porter. It's no, I mean, the guy, people blow ACLs. It's unfortunate. But when it happens in something like this, it brings up a whole narrative that people want to talk about. I'm not really sure it's apropos. You should more be asking yourself if over the stretch of, of these friendlies are, you're not getting results because your teams are tired. I think that's a more like on point, um, uh, on point topic of discussion because that's a true, I think the thing that happens, he could have done this in practice too. No, this yeah, is funny true. Thing is, this is true. We were all talking about it, like at the tailgates. Like, let's just hope we get through this match, and, and you know, no, no injuries, no, you know, nothing go wrong, and hopefully we'll score some goals because we've had issues up top. Last night looks like you know we're st- slowly starting to get the goals coming in, but we're gonna have to look at a striker perhaps, and and that right wing now. You know, in the yeah, market. I, so listen, we'll I'm a fan on. of your team's uh, style. I think what's more impressive is that they actually have a style in their first season. And I, I, I actually enjoy watching Orlando. I would put them, I, I, I can watch them before I watch NYCFC, before I can watch Colorado, before I can watch, uh, let's see, who else? 
Probably Toronto for the most part. Houston, I, mean, I, I think they're playing fairly fairly decent ball out there. I wouldn't uh, before Houston definitely. I can't. Houston puts me to sleep. Okay, I, I mean, and I, I think yeah. you're right. A striker, your striker is what you need right now. And I believe, like in, you know, in the beginning of the season, like once we like I saw them in the preseason for the first couple of times, like in close scrimmages and stuff when they played FC Dallas. Like we've had when all of our players are healthy, we do play some you know some really nice attacking football. We keep the possession. It's like a tiki taka style. But you know, just keeping the you know key pieces healthy, and hopefully we'll 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 go on and we'll we'll make the playoffs this season. Ahmed, let me before we let you go, let me ask you one question. Something just popped in my head. You need a right midfielder. What would you think about a guy like Diego Fagundes, who's not getting playing time for New England Revolution, coming to Orlando? Is that the type of guy you'd like to see them go after? Definitely. I mean, I was looking at we. I wanted him in the in the expansion draft and all that stuff that happened where they you know they put that uh disclaimer on him and no one could have got him but I, i'd like to have someone like that thanks what would you be willing to give up for him yeah well yeah that's a good question yeah i mean mm, it's, gonna, it's gonna take probably a lot though because we have i don't think it'll our, take as much as you think it might going, because then he's just sitting uh, on their uh, bench Loren, right now. Who's a, that's uh el salvadorian captain okay well, well, I think it's something they could definitely look at. I and mean, if it's a move, to, I think it's a. It's at some point, someone's going to make a move for that guy because he what? can't. He's good enough to play. Yeah, yeah. He may not be good enough to play for New England consistently. That's good. I don't know where he's going to. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Ahmed. I appreciate it, man. I, I I think it's interesting, and this is something I thought about. And I'll, I'll workshop this idea here with you, Jared. Whether or not this you think this could be true, and I don't know that it applies to Diego Fagundes, who has has played well in this league, has value. Could be a starter for most teams if you're if he wasn't with yeah. the New England Revolution, but for for some younger guys or for some depth players who might in other years be on the trading block, and I'm not saying that the MLS <clears throat> trading market is is hot and heavy every season. It's not, but do you think that the USL partnership and having those reserve teams on the level that they're playing changes the trade market at all? Because now instead of hey, we got this surplus guy who doesn't who wants playing time and he he doesn't have anywhere to go, maybe he's 21, 22. Uh, he's not quite ready. We got somebody ahead of him. Instead of uh-huh. sw- swapping him out for something, now you go. Oh, we just we'll we'll have him go play some games at at uh, the USL level, get better there, and then you know continue to bring him along. Yeah, I think with a guy like Diego Fagundes, though, you bring him down to your second division, or your, actually your third division, like backup team. I think that's going to kill his confidence. I think you're going to end up with an unhappy player. This is a guy that was one of the premier young players and getting quality minutes and quality results from his play two years ago. I think at this point, if you do that, you also wreck his trade value, I think, too. I think if if New England's serious about keeping him, then yeah, go ahead and pursue that avenue and get his level up. But I think at this point, I mean, he's got Killen Rowe ahead of him. He's got Teal Bunbury ahead of him. I I think he's better. He's more value to traded. Maybe, but is he okay? Is, here's a question on a slightly different tangent there. But is he more? Is he is his value better as as a as trade inside MLS or sale outside of MLS? Man, I don't know what he's worth. The only place I think he'd be worth something more than MLS is maybe if he goes back to Uruguay. But I'm not sure they're going to be busting the, the the big purse out for no, him. No. I think it's inside MLS. Okay, fair enough. Three four seven seven five six six two seven six. They got a couple. I mean, we we already mentioned the Dempsey back heel. Hey, b- before we move too far from Fagundes, you think mind if I do a quick pick your poison with you on Absolutely. this one? Absolutely, that is your prerogative. You do. Poison, 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 poison. 
you are a host. You are one of the hosts of this show. You can like yeah, but I don't have the button where I push where it makes some nice cool sound effects. So Man, I, do I feel like I have to clear. I, it's like a traffic control. I got to clear airspace. I wonder how what it would be like if I if we gave <laughs> you control. <laughs> oh, it would be so much more fun. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> All right, go ahead. All right, I'm gonna give you a couple names, okay? And I'm gonna tell of right wingers currently starting for other teams in this league. And I want to get your feel, Jason Davis, on whether or not Diego Fagundes is better. Which, if you would take Diego Fagundes or the other player involved here. All right, all right, okay. So Diego Fagundes or Baji Husidic. See my eye twitching? That's my practical. Yeah, I that's did. A, I, yeah, my, I didn't know what that was. That's right my there. practical streak right there. That eye twitch is about my the whole thing about how I, I like my teams to be uh, to be solid going forward and defending. And I think uh-huh. that you obviously lose something on the defensive end with Diego Fagundes over Baggio Husidic. And, mm-hmm. and if I'm taking him, if I'm taking the two players completely out of the context of their teams, I'm going to go with Fagundes in that situation. More upside, but you're right. Yeah. But in terms of demonstrating a value on a nightly basis, and Husidic doesn't usually play right right wing, but he did this weekend, so that's why I used it. Um, Diego Fagundes or Luis Gill? Luis Gill. Okay. Diego Fagundes or. Once again, another player to play right winger this weekend, but not necessarily one. Nick Labraca. Diego Fagundes over Nick Labraca. Diego Fagundes or Sana Niasi. Diego Fagundes or Sana Niasi. Okay. So that's that's three starters right now that you would take Diego Fagundes over. Uh-huh. You know, and okay, but, how about this? How about this? Diego Fagundes or Kevin Molino? Uh wow. Um Based on performance this year, it's Kevin Molino, but that's not maybe fair to Diego Fagundes because he hasn't gotten on the field. I think it's also interesting to consider that Diego Fagundes is, you know, he has some flexibility. He doesn't have to play on the right side of midfield. I mean, he can you can push him up top if you want and play as, play him as an off striker. You got there, there's some other things you could do with him, but he is definitely an attacking player, and you have to make room for him. And that, that's see, that's one of those things about MLS sometimes that really bothers me. And I'm not saying this is happening to Diego Fagundes because, as you mentioned, Kellen Rhodes, you know, Bunbury, uh, you know, obviously they got Lee Wynn in that team and Charlie. The players Davis in front of him are actually playing. They well. have good players in front of him. But there are teams where, and I think this may be the Tommy Thompson situation in San Jose. Oh, don't give it started. I know, Tommy but Thompson. you have you have these guys who feel like luxuries in an MLS context. Like the teams that that the coaches take their their rosters and they go, they kind of throw it out there. And they go, okay, what's the what's the strongest? What's the most mentally strong and experienced and practical and can win us one nothing games team I can put out. And then they go, okay, well, I have room for a Lee Wen here. And he obviously is an incredible passer of the ball and can can score me goals. But I don't have room for a Tommy Thompson because he's a little bit more flat. He's too flash or he's too... You know, and, and to, to build on that, I mean, this weekend you saw... And Bruce Arena gets a, 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 a rap for very being a very pragmatic coach. Very pragmatic coach. I, I think you'd put him up there with the more pragmatic coaches in MLS. We think that's be fair? Yes. Okay, but at the same time, in the last two weeks, he started a 19-year-old kid in, jo- in uh, Jameson. Uh, I mean, uh, Bradford Jameson, and like, this weekend started uh, Mag- Maganta, which I believe that's how you say. It. I believe it's Maganta, maybe it's Maganta. I don't know, but uh, their their draft pick started both of them in a game against Colorado and sat four of his regular starters. So I think you, when I look at Dom Kinnear. I'm not saying I don't understand how you can't find at least somewhere to fit him in. He, how is he so sure? that Tommy Thompson isn't right for that team in such limited minutes he gets 
as a starter. When you saw last year, he was getting a lot of minutes and he was lighting the, or at least, I don't know if he's lighting the league up, but he captured a lot of imagination from your fan base. Well, I think that, again, this is, okay, let's, so Dom Kinnear is is a practical coach. He's a guy who goes out. And he sets his team up to win one nothing. No, he he's soccer's Lenny from Mice and Men. He, he's just he's strangling this beautiful thing. Okay, but that's that's his nature. What what I'm saying is, I think MLS breeds coaches, and I would love to see them break out of this. And we thought Caleb Porter was this guy, but the league has beaten down Caleb Porter at this point. How but, did Dom Kinnear? What was he like in the club in his twenties? Like like there's there's <laughs> there's like five beautiful women and one girl that's like okay, and he's gonna go for the one okay. that's okay. Whoa, he's not gonna waste whoa, his time whoa, whoa, with whoa, a beautiful whoa. woman. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I think we can go down that road. Why not shoot for the stars? What I'm yeah, well, what I'm saying is I think that you know again it's a lot of pressure. I mean you know MLS may be less pressure than a lot of leagues, but there's still pressure to win, pressure to make the playoffs. You go about your business, and I think it's just it's it's a function of the job that it turns you into a practical coach. The Jose Mourinho should make a function of that job to be build your young talent. Do you know why Jose Mourinho's teams? Score why Chelsea was like the second or is the second highest scoring team in the in the Premier League right now owned by an oil billionaire. Even though Jose Mourinho's instincts are to play practical, smart soccer, they, that's because they have a lot of money. Exactly, they have a billionaire. They can go buy a Cesc Fabregas. MLS teams don't have that luxury. So and he doesn't trust Tommy Thompson. He's young. He's inexperienced. There's a there's a checklist of things that keep Dom Kinnear from taking the risk because hey, I might lose that game because I got Tommy Thompson instead of. Dominic Kinnear's comfort zone at some point has got to be his undoing, though. I, would I know so. the guy's one of the more winging coaches in MLS. I know he's done amazing things with subpar talent numerous times. But I, I, I'd be interested to ask a Houston fan base, were you happy to watch that team every week, though? I mean, take all your I have to be loyal to my team stuff out of the window for a second. Just as a fan, were you happy every week watching the, the, that style of play. And the Earthquakes fans now, are you happy watching that style of play yeah, right now? Yeah. 206, you're on the air. Who's this? Oh, hi. Uh, this is Eve from Seattle. What's up, Eve? Um, it's a lady. <laughs> yes, yes, Jared. Um, uh, and I was wondering, uh, I'm uh, really jazzed from watching the uh, Sounders game. And uh, I was wondering, do you think that this is the year that the Sounders can finally uh, get it over L.A. in the playoffs? Because I've been waiting for that. And, like, Donovan is gone. And, you know, Robbie Keane is old. Steven Gerrard is old. (laughs) So I was hoping that uh, maybe this is the year. I, look, I, oh, be, be careful talking about old. Oh, have you cracked Pineda's leg? Do you count the rings inside? <laughs> but yeah, but they have cover there. They have they have good cover. They, they, have, de- they, they have depth. Uh, Pascal's, but Gonzalez they have the same Pineda. team they had last year. But, so if they're I, if this is their year, it's because the other teams have gotten worse, not because they've gotten better. Well, they but no, but you're okay. Well, that's assuming a team that plays together for another year can't get better over their previous performance. I think they I think they could be better. Absolutely, I think they could be better. Uh, as long as they keep those guys healthy. Now remember, and Eve, this is you know this is troubling for a lot of teams around the league. The Gold Cup's going to come up, and it's going to wreck whatever momentum you have yeah. with Dempsey and Martins together. And you're you're probably going to lose Brad De- uh, Brad Evans uh, because Klinsman loves him, and you're going to have to to shuffle some things back there. I think defensively they're not better right now, not right now, but 
they have the ta- they have all the talent in the world to go and win a title. I think I don't know that this is the year because they haven't proven it yet. And they consistently fall down in the playoffs. But I don't see why it won't. It can't be the year. It's hard to put your money on Seattle, even though what your eyes tell you. Listen, your eyes would have told you for the last couple of seasons that Seattle's worth putting your money on. But at some point, do you start betting against red? It's like when I run up to a roulette table and I see the last five numbers have been red, it's like, oh, I need to bet red. But you start thinking at some point it's going to change, right? You know what's interesting about our, our previous conversation and now you calling in is that Seattle is an example of an MLS team with a practical American minded coach, you know, let's play a couple, let's play a double and, pivot. And, and, and players, I feel, flip him the bird every game and, and play he, with the way they want to play. He gets the, he, he's lucky enough to have those guys, those players who c- climb above that element of it in Dempsey, in Martins, in Nagel, in, mm-hmm. just, they got it back there to, to allow them to transcend the, the base, uh, instincts of Mr. Siggy Schmidt, which I think is fascinating. And I'll, and let me say this, let me say it this way. I want to I want to live in a world where Seattle can win a, win the league. I want to live in that world. I, I hope that we get there. It would be yeah, a much really more do. fun final than the finals L.A. plays. Uh, and I'll say that as an L.A. guy. A Seattle final would be inherently more fun to watch because of the type of players and the way they want to play. I don't think they would play the pragmatic style in a cup final the way Bruce Arena. He gets the result. And there's something to be admired of that because I'm sure when those players get that bonus check in their pocket, <laughs> they're loving that Bruce Arena's yeah. their coach. Yeah. But on a week-to-week basis, I'm not, I don't think there's a player in this league that wishes that they had a coach who would let them play with the freedom that Seattle's allowed to play with. Uh, Eve, thanks for the call. Anything else? Uh, no. Uh, uh, just, just, you know, great show. Thanks. You thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for the love uh, out in Seattle. Let's go to uh, Daniel in Atlanta. What's up, Daniel? You should have Speaking kept Eve on the line because I wanted to say uh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, but at this point, no one should believe LA is the team that's going to unless they pull a unless they. You shouldn't believe any teams. No, the I, team don't, in, in I know. April, in I, May. I realize that. I realize May is not the time to make these assessments. But eventually, MLS is terrible about having wire to wire teams. No, we don't. Yeah, we don't do that. I know this is not a league that does wire to wire. It's certainly not. It's certainly a league that can a team can pop up late in the year, make the playoffs, make a run. Boom, bing, bang, boom, they're in MLS. MLS is like Jaleel White. He looks better after he, as he gets a little bit older. You know, like he's a late bloomer. <laughs> I feel like I fall into that category, too. Daniel, what else is on your mind? None. I just wanted to interject okay. with that. So you just wanted to call in and, and say, hell, hell no, Seattle, you're not getting a title in 2015. That's what you wanted to no, do. No, they're not, they're not going to get it in 2015. They're not going to get it as long as Bruce Arena is head coach and Siggy Smith are head coaches. <laughs> they're not going to get it. Wow. You, That's like, it, it, it's like, so I almost want to make it like the Emperor and Vader because they're both like pretty badass guys, but one of them is definitely like the one that runs the two. Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. There's a little bit man, of that too. I don't know, man. Ziggy Schmidt's a good coach. I mean, I feel like as an LA fan, like I have to respect Ziggy Schmidt because he did a lot for us during a couple uh, tough years and uh, brought some silverware home. But yeah, I have a hard time hating on Ziggy Schmidt, I, I, except for when LA's playing him. Do, do you feel feel? Do you feel like that? I mean, I mean, obviously they've played, they've gone up against each other a lot, and they're both American soccer coaching legends. Um, yeah, is this? It, it's a it's a nemesis situation though, right? Like it's a. Uh, I'm sure they're like friendly off the field and everything. I've seen that, you know, that picture our boy Fro, uh, Fo has of them at the draft that one year. 
belly to yeah. be- belly to belly picture. The, ba- the the most amazing. That is one of the best pictures ever. If you guys haven't seen it, I mean, you got to follow at Friendly Foe on Twitter. Every once in a while, he throws it up there. And I don't know how do you search that picture? You just do Schmid and Arena Belly, and maybe you'll find it. Yeah, I've I've tweeted it. I mean, I've tweeted it a couple times on his behalf. It's just the most amazing picture. It might be the best picture in American soccer. I think it is. I think if we were if we were not giving rankings to the best photographs in American soccer history, it would be that one. It would be Brandy, Brandy Chastain scoring the goal in 99. It would be uh, see something out, you know, some photo of the pile uh, Landon Donovan. Donovan drinking yeah. it from a water fountain. <laughs> okay, well, if we want to really, oh man, we could really do this. We could do, we could go Donovan off the books. Outside of, uh, well, there's no, there's no photo of that. Daniel, yes, there come is. on. Is there's there a really? picture of that? Yeah, oh, just from, okay, you're right. Okay. So we got that. You don't see his junk or anything. No, 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 no. So we got that. We got the water fountain. We got all of those, those glamour shots or whatever those New York Times. Remember that? The, the 90 or the yeah, 2002 the, pa- the Pablo Mastorini one when he has yeah. like a, almost a bare midriff shirt kind of <laughs> on. There's definitely, the, there's definitely those. Uh, if we, if we went off the, off the field and we took it to the, to the strange place. Daniel, are you feeling good about your team right now? I mean, again, Jared's right. You can't judge anybody in May. You got Steven Gerrard showing up eventually. Maybe Robbie Keane will one day be a healthy player again. What are you thinking? That's, that's, that's how it is. It's just <laughs> yeah. two draws. And, I mean, at least he's given Maganto and Bradford some time. But it, I, I thought Bruce expected a win last night. Um, it didn't happen, but you know, it's, it's May, you know, we still have like a bunch of months left and I'm hoping that we win another title this year. Yeah. Appreciate the call. I think you saw, I think you saw arena get a little too cocky last night, benching, uh, De La Garza, Juninho, Alan Gordon. There's a few guys that could have been starting in that game and maybe looking past Colorado a little bit, but I love what Maganto showed over the time he was in there. I think he was, was imaginative. Something is some stuff that LA isn't really known for these days is it as trying something. Well, so I, I was stoked, I was stoked to see him play the nature of MLS. And this is why it's, this is why it's an indictment of Dom Kinnear that he doesn't play Tommy Thompson. Bruce Arena has an understanding that, hey, look, yeah, I want a home win against Colorado. That's three points I probably need at some point down the road. But this is still MLS, and this team is still good enough to make the playoffs come the end of the year. So why not either, you know, if you could view it as resting if you want, but why not take an opportunity to get some other guys in there, discover what his depth is before he goes into the summer, before things start getting crazy with Gold Cup call-ups, and he can actually then, you know, navigate that area of the, of the season a little bit better than a team who didn't flesh out their 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 uh their depth, who didn't give a shot to a younger player who doesn't have a whole lot of experience. So real quick, not to spend too much time on L.A., so D- Dallas bounces back with a big win this week after maybe a couple weeks we weren't so sure. But across the board, if we did a Jason Davis power ranking, what's your most dangerous or impressive, like wh- what's the best team in MLS right now for you? Man, see, again, I mean, this is, this is difficult. I think we... We were sort of handed that, that mantle to the Red Bulls because they hadn't lost a game. And then they go, they get. A, I didn't. You did. No, I know. I know. Um, they obviously got. They obviously lost. They got beat by by the Revs um, this weekend. Uh, you know, Dallas looks again, as you said. Dallas looks really, really good. Fabian Castillo is one of my favorite players in MLS. I love watching that guy yep. play. Yep. He is. He is a lightning bolt in a uniform. Um, uh, DC. Oh, so Benny Failhaber was paying tribute to him. Uh, maybe DC United. Should get some love for this for this top uh, ranking spot. I, I'm not saying that they're that they're best the best team to watch. 
I'm not saying that they are. It's like my new. It's like my Red Bulls thing. So it's like I can't. If I can't stand to watch them, how are they the best team? But they scored some nice goals this weekend. Okay. Okay. I, and just, they've got and they've got Fabian Espindola back, <clears> which <throat> makes them a different, more dynamic. That's team. part of my reason why I think between him and Eddie Johnson, they got two of the more polarizing guys that I can't stand. I love Fabian. You know, to watch, Fabian Espindola, Espindola, you know, and they're Espindola. on the well. Obviously, Espindola. EJ now left the league, and good. I mean, good wishes to him. But uh, but Espindola is still there, and I. I, if he was on my team, he's out in Gordon territory. If he's not on your team, it's like, screw that guy. Okay. But when All he's right. on your team, it's like, oh, I, I can see it. Yeah. All but right. I can't, it's hard for me to root for Spindola. Uh, you know, uh, let's see. I, I might. I, I'm going to give you two teams that you didn't name that I will that I think are vying out for this right now. Okay. New England Revolution Seattle. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's a two horse no, race. No, right I was getting there. I was getting there. I think you're right. I think those are the top two teams in MLS. And, and what is it that draws your eye about them? What makes them. You, oh, goals. Goals. Goals, 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 and good goals, goals. And not just that, but the same thing I love so much about L.A. last year is goals from quality possession. Yeah. Yeah. Go- team goals. Team. Well, exactly. That's well what I'm worked, talking about. Well-worked team goals. I know when my fullback's overlapping. I know when my, when my forward's going to drift into space wide. I know that there's going to be a cutback opportunity at the top of the box because Tilpa, I trust I my teammate that. enough to give him a pass in traffic and have the one-two touch ability to distribute and find the right player. Absolutely. It, 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 it's teams that are willing to unlock teams. You know, that that's the difference. And you can say what you want about other teams that maybe play long ball or something like that. You're hoping when you do that. Yes. Teams that say we're going to dominate and teams that play this way have a tendency to force their style upon you. And that's impressive to me when you can force your style upon another team. Uh, but I LA do, had it last year. Seattle and New England have it this year. I think that's right. I, I like the... Uh, and Seattle has a little bit of this because Obi Femi Martins can certainly hit you with his speed a little bit, and and if you have the guy to get him the ball, he's dangerous that way. He can create a goal one on one by himself. But I, I like the variation here that we have with New England, a team that's certainly capable of of you know combinations, one and two touch passing, right there in the final third to create goals and find space. Boom, 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 you're done. And then uh, if you put FC Dallas in this group, and I definitely think FC Dallas is going to be in the top group of teams for the re- for the most of the, for most of the year depending on how injuries and everything plays out they take the ball and they go like that's what they want to do they want to take the ball and go they may get it wide they may look for Perez they may find other ways to get goals it's not just going to be on breakaways and 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 uh uh and counterattacks but that they move quickly with the ball and I like watching them for that reason so this is this is what we want we want variation Dempsey and Martin's no doubt best tandem in the league right now I can't see anybody else even close I mean, we yeah, obviously I mean, got, it, 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 we lost the Keen Donovan dynamic that we was did. probably up there with them, and now with that gone, I don't see anyone even in the same uh, category. Yeah. No, I, and, I, and, I mean, you could certainly you could make an argument that, and, and Blas Perez is not, he is not the skilled player that any of that force him are, but you could make an argument that between Blas Perez and Fabio Castillo, that's as dangerous. Yeah, but do you see them dangerous with each other or just both no, dangerous posi- that's, people that's on the same is. team? That's what it is. You're right. It's When you watch Martins and, and Dempsey play with each other, it's that ESP, that the, the connection that they have to set each other up and because they're just ballers. And the same mm-hmm. thing happened with Donovan and Keane. They had a, a higher level of understanding. And, yeah. and, and you're right. Blas Perez is going to do his thing. Fabian Castillo is going to do his thing, but they're not going to necessarily combine to do that. And I made this argument before. We're running rapidly out of time. But I think that if you bring in a high level, a high level DP in, a guy who's got incredible experience and skill, like a David Villa, for example, 
You have got to, and this is why signing Frank Lampard is a good thing. You've got to have at least one other player on the field yeah. with him who is on his level because that's, that's the only way you're going to maximize that ability is to have a guy who can think at the same speed because that's what yeah. it is. That's the difference between MLS quality soccer and Premier League quality soccer. It's not, it's not just the skill and the touches and, and, and first yeah. touch and bring the ball down. It's the speed at which these players think. And so what you're yeah. saying is that Bradley Wright Phillips needed an Henri. I think so. I mean, I'm not saying Bradley Wright Phillips is. <laughs> I'm trying to put Bradley Wright Phillips in this world class or anything. No, no, no. I know. I'm not. I'm not putting him on that level. But I think he was. He's obviously. But Henri struggled at times. He didn't have that big player with him. Yeah. Can you ever remember him having that big name player with him? No. No. They never invested in that second guy. No. Whereas you see Oberfemi and and Dempsey, you would like to think that Altador and Javinko over the course of this this street. How have we talked about Javinko yet? I know. I, I, I look. We were this. We had the aborted start. And we are literally out of time now, but we should mention Jovinko's free kick goal to beat Philadelphia. I don't think it was a great game from TFC by any stretch, but now they've won two in a row. They go back. They play their first home match of the year this coming weekend against Houston, Jared. So they finally get to be back in their friendly confines, and it's an expanded stadium at BMO Field. And Jovinko, I, I, I was thinking about this. Maybe it seems longer because he's little. Like if you measured that goal in in Giovinco's in Jovinko's in the length, uh-huh. <laughs> it's gonna be like double that of of any it's a unit of measurement. <laughs> now? Unit of, yeah, if a Jovinko is a unit of measurement, that's like a forty Jov- Jovinko free kick. No, no, not that far. Well, you think about, let's spin TFC for a second. Twenty, twenty Jovinko's. Seven games played, all on the road. Three and four. Okay, eleven goals for, eleven goals against. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's really hurting right now is their defense. I mean, that's. The, the other teams ahead of them, right now they're fifth in the East. The other teams ahead of them have been given up eight, six, eight, and eight. Okay, their defense is hurting them. They've actually scored more goals than DC United this year. Who you were just talking about score goals. So TFC's actually scored more. Well, no, I didn't. I didn't in say one D- less game. Yeah, these, I, and they played one less game than all these other teams as well. I know. I, I didn't say DC United scores goals. I'm saying they're an effective team. I think that's what. So it's a hard thing to judge with Toronto right now, being all on the road. And it's it's interesting. You really have to have a grain of salt more than maybe we're giving them so far. No, I, I don't. The season. That's I think it is true that that Toronto's gotten more criticism than they probably deserve. And that same thing goes for Greg Vanny. We cannot judge them. Not we can't judge anybody because it's May. We can't judge TFC because they haven't even played a home match yet, and because they've had some injuries and because they've had some call ups that have affected who has been available for them. If they get that thing humming from Bradley up. They're going to be one of the top six teams in the East. I have no doubts about that. They do need to sort out their defense, but they have too much talent to be left behind by everybody. They're not as good as New England. They're not as good as New York, probably, um, over the course of the full season. They're, I don't know, who else? They're maybe not as good as Columbus, but not that far behind. They're not as good as D.C. United because they don't grind out It's results. just hard to tell. It's hard to tell. My eyes want to tell me Columbus is better, but... They've also been able to play home games. Yeah. And that, that means something. It really does. Because a lot of teams would be 500 goals for and goes against on the, on the road, you know, across the, the, the bulk of their away games over the course of the season. So I'm not saying being at home fixes their defense, mm-hmm. but I think being at home definitely gives them a different level to play with. Yeah. And what I will say, what that 11 goals against is going to really says is even Michael Bradley dropping as deep as he does can't fix the problems that are there for TFC no. in the back. He's having Michael Bradley is, is having to drop way too deep and do too much work for Toronto in the back that they're not getting what they really need to get out of Michael Bradley, and that's distribution, ball movement, and contributing to the attack late. 
Apologies if we did not talk about your team today. We didn't really talk. I mean, we touched on Benny Failhaber and his hair. Sporting Kansas City with a win. So good for them. Uh, see, we didn't really touch on um, RSL in San Jose playing to a draw with a bad call, a, an offside goal that should not have been allowed. That really hurt uh, RSL. Uh, we didn't even talk about Montreal losing in the Concacaf Champions League, <laughs> and we're and we can't, we we're not. You mentioned Portland, despite the fact we didn't. We we mentioned that game. I didn't talk about the result. No, I I actually did that. That's my fault. All right, we, we're out of time. Jared's got to run. Uh, yeah, we don't talk zero zeros. We no, don't talk no. zero. We'll zeros. talk to you guys. We'll talk to you guys next week. All right, uh, soccer morning, Sirius XM tomorrow, nine o'clock for the web show. See ya. I'm epic win. Playing hot dogs and donuts with two fangirls in the locker room. Damn, dog, that's in a dog, that's in a Hey, Rodius.